T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Good afternoon, Friday. The weekend is here. You've got all kinds of great plans. You're going to get those plans going. Let's talk to Tony in Hebron. Hi, Tony. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Yeah, you know, my father used to say, Hey, Joey, you can only tell so many lies before people call you out on it. Yeah. And uh, well, what, did, you share a, did you share a father with Joe Biden? No, I'm just making fun of the Joey the Clown. <laughs> I thought you'd changed your name. No, no, I'll never change it to Joey Biden. That's uh, insanity. It's a, it's a remarkable situation, isn't it, to have, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know if he's such a clown or if, if they, he acts like a clown just to keep us confused. I just, I just feel like the government is so malicious now. It's hard to believe. He's a, he's a real cocky person. He thinks he's smarter than he is. Well, there, that is no doubt. Thank you, Tony, for the call. That's no, no doubt at all that he thinks he's smarter than he President is. President Biden on defense. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. People well, that's his defense. You know, one of his defenses, oh, it, the Corvette's in a locked garage. That's where the documents are. But, but now they found a third document location in the little room next to the garage. Is that room secure? But then again, none of this is secure. This is all a scam. These people pay no attention to these documents. 860-522-9842. I'll bet you there's some classified material in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher keeps his stash there. See? Right next to the, the door. Lock the door before they come. Todd, good afternoon. It's the Todd Feinberg Show. 
live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. So you're hearing me talking a little differently if you are noticing. I'm, I'm talking differently about government now because I realize that we have to start coming to terms with a necessary philosophy to change our society back to what was intended. And that is that we not be encumbered by irresponsible and malicious government. But now we've got a federal government that's driven us into remarkable debt, $32 trillion in debt that they tell us about. State of Connecticut, about $150 billion in debt, unpayable amounts of money that becomes not just squandered assets and debt and unpayable debt and weakening the country to uh, terrible proportions, but also undermines the idea of having elections because that money is being used effectively to bribe voters to vote for a particular political party. Here to talk with us about it is the, uh, well, Jacob Solomon is his name, Solomon, S-U-L-L-U-M, and he's a uh, senior editor at Reason Magazine, which is a libertarian magazine and a syndicated columnist. Jacob, thanks for being here. Sure, thanks for having me. Did I say your name correctly? You did. Congratulations. Well, it's not that hard, but I'm not familiar with it. So I, so I feel like um, libertarian is not a an aggressive enough concept, at least to the meaning of the word. Uh, when I look at the dictionary definition, it talks about advocating for. But I, I feel like we need to demand that government get out of our lives and stop being an oppressive, destructive force. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I think there's a wide range of opinions among libertarians in terms of how small you can make the state. Uh, some say you can eliminate it entirely. Uh, I'm sympathetic to that view, but I'm not entirely convinced. But I think in general, given the current situation, we all agree that we should be trying to reduce the realm in which politics matters. You know, the, the, the decisions in, that, that uh, are affected by uh by elections and by uh, politicians uh, should be kept to an absolute minimum, which might be zero. Uh, I would say probably close to zero, um, but we're nowhere near close to that. Close to that. Well, that's and, and you're right. There's no reason to really uh, spend time debating how small government should be because we're so far away from having government that is even vaguely constitutional in terms of what the founders were laying out for us. Yeah, I mean, there you have um, a very strong constitutional argument in terms of the size of the federal government, uh, because it is supposed to be limited uh, limited to its enumerated powers, um, and those there aren't many of those. Um, and what's happened, especially since uh, the New Deal, is that the Supreme Court has read uh, the Commerce Clause, which gives the Congress the authority to regulate interstate commerce and also international commerce, um, as a license to do pretty much anything that Congress wants, mm-hmm. um, unless it happens to violate specifically enumerated rights, which is all, which is exactly the opposite of what the design was supposed to be, yes. which is Congress may only do the things we specifically said it can do. Um, it also can't violate these rights. And this is actually a concern that uh, uh, was raised uh, back when the Constitution was proposed, was that... Um, First, some people said we need to have a Bill of Rights to make sure those rights are protected, but others said if we list specific rights, then it's going to be assumed that the government 
um, can violate yes, other so. rights that we didn't yes. didn't mention. Um, yes. And that's you know that's why they added the Ninth Amendment, and then also the, the the Ninth Amendment refers to rights that aren't specifically enumerated, um, and the Tenth Amendment refers to to the powers that are retained by the states or the people. Um, and there's so there's a lot to be done there in terms of. Uh, the federal government um, in reducing its its size and scope because the vast majority of what Congress does is not constitutionally authorized. We're talking with Jacob Solemn from Reason Magazine, which is the uh, biggest libertarian news source in the country. This, um, yeah, this idea of having small government is just such a beautiful idea, and the degree to which they did make an effort in the founding documents to protect us demonstrates, I think, just how how uh, aggressive the movement is that has taken those rights away from us that, that you were just describing. What would you say is the way we would start to get those rights back? Well, I mean, one strategy is to look at, at specifically enumerated rights and try to protect them. That's vital to do, right? So, uh, take you know First Amendment rights, um, uh, right to freedom of speech um, is being assaulted pretty much every day by somebody at some level of government. Now that is binding, as the Supreme Court has read it through the Fourteenth Amendment. That's binding on state and local governments as well as the federal government. Um, and I think that's actually kind of a bright spot in the sense that the courts are willing to infe- to uh, enforce those rights. Um, and just one example that's been in the news a lot recently. When you see the government, uh, you know, exerting pressure on social media platforms to suppress certain kinds of speech that the government views as a threat either to public health or to public safety or to, you know, the democracy uh, in terms of the election propaganda, um, that should raise alarm bells because it is trying to do indirectly um, what it's not allowed to do, to do directly, right? If they pass a law saying no, you know, no COVID misinformation, that's now a criminal offense. Or, um, you know, you can't lie about politics. <laughs> that would, you know, eliminate all, almost all of Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, something like that, um, that would very clearly be unconstitutional and it would be overturned by the courts for sure. Uh, the problem now is that they're trying uh, to sort of exercise uh, censorship by proxy um, and they don't say you know if you don't um, suppress this speech we're going to you know bring an antitrust lawsuit against you or we're going to uh, reduce your protection against liability for, for user posted content or we're going to investigate you or we're going to haul you in front of a congressional committee and make you look bad um, uh, we're going to regulate you more heavily with privacy regulation but all of that is in the background. They don't have to say it. They don't have to explicitly make a threat. Um, all these companies know that, 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 that those threats exist, and they have to think when a government comes to them and, and, and officially is requesting, right, that they take, in many cases, they're requesting that they take particular people yes. down, suspend their accounts. Or particular or tweets down, or statements. Or particular either. messages, right. Yep. So, so, so if you ask the Biden administration about that, they will say, um, you know, we're just making suggestions and we're just asking them to enforce their own policies. Right. And it's in many cases, especially with Twitter, before the, the change of management, um, the policies were very broad. So on covid, the policy against misinformation was basically you're not supposed to be contradicting what the government says. Um, now, they obviously did not enforce that consistently, but they enforced it to a large extent, meaning that 
even if what you say is true, even if either verifiably true or arguably true, um, if we think it undermines government advice or such as getting vaccinated, such social distancing, uh, wearing a mask, that sort of thing. You know, if you question the science on on uh, the effectiveness of, ma- of of general mask wearing, for example, that goes against at least, you know, it depends on the period you're looking at, but, right. but during a certain period, it went against official CDC advice. And so that's arguably, even under Twitter's policy, that was arguably misinformation. So the government comes to them and then they say, uh, you just enforce your policy. That's all we're asking. Um, and then they, you know, this is during a period when uh, uh, Joe Biden is accusing uh, social media companies of killing people, killing people by discouraging vaccination. All right? right. So let me just clarify, Jacob. The, so you're making the argument that even though these are private companies, that in effect some sort of merger is taking place for combining the force of government and giving it leverage into the public square to crush right. the ability to have free speech in the in the public square is that your argument right i mean yes and that's it's really insidious because like i said there's no explicit threat but there's always an implicit threat that bad things will happen if you don't do what we want um and you know sometimes they don't do what the government wants sometimes they haven't always you know followed these but but even so if you're getting if you work for Twitter and you're getting emails from people in the West Wing, all by itself, yep. that becomes a big thing in your life. And even if, if you ignore them on Thursday, then Friday you get a request, you're thinking, oh, I better I better not ignore this one. Right. And, you know, the same thing goes uh, not just for administ- uh, you know, people in the administration, but uh, members of Congress. Um, Adam Schiff uh, got all upset about a supposed surge in you know, hate speech on Twitter. And wrote a letter on official stationery, um, you know, demanding information, right? And he sees that as part of his job. It's absolutely not part of his job. Hate speech is completely protected by the First Amendment. The idea that it's not protected is, is fundamentally mistaken. So he is demanding they crack down on something and, and trying to exert pressure, political pressure on them to uh, do something that he would not be allowed to do on his own. He could not. I mean, if he introduced a bill and, I, and managed to get it passed that banned hate speech on social media, it would, it would definitely be overturned by the courts. Um, so in that sense, it's a, I mean, so the direct censorship, um, we're pretty safe against that because uh, of very clear precedents from the Supreme Court and the way the courts enforce uh, that right. Um, so that's sort of a bright spot. Um, you know, go on to the next amendment up. Uh, well, I don't know amendment. how opti- I don't Sorry. know how optimistic you can be after after how people were intimidated by the pro science uh, party not to say certain things that science indicated was the case with drugs and and other protocols uh, with regard to COVID. So I don't. Yeah, you know, that that is not a cause for optimism at all. You're right. Uh, the, that aspect of it. But what I'm saying is that the, I mean, this, this is, I guess, the silver lining is they have to resort to that kind of indirect pressure. Yeah, uh, but it makes you. It makes you, do, it makes you see how small the the distance is they need to travel to become a government that really resembles. I mean, I was a kid during the the Soviet era, and I remember how we used to laugh at the idea of what the news agencies, for example their relationship to the government i feel like that's where we are now the idea that 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 people are writing stories or doing stories in in broadcast media where they talk 
directly about the the lies told by the president as an assumption that it, it, it it's like they're required to say by their media organizations to say Trump lied every time they're mentioning the things that they claim he lied about but they've never haven't presented us with the data and the proof and now they've they've started doing the same thing with Bolsonaro in South America it's like if you're talking about somebody who reminds you of Trump you automatically call them a liar without having any proof well i think that um Look, a lot of things that Trump has said were not true. Whether they were lies is a matter of interpretation. Um, you know, a lie means a deliberate intent to deceive, right? So if, to the extent that he believes what he says, it's strictly speaking not a lie, right? <laughs> but you could still say, where's the, you know, it's not supported by the evidence or it's contradicted by the evidence. I think that's fair. I did notice that there was... And this, I don't, this isn't due to government pressure. I mean, this is due to the, the sort of ideological uh, uniformity in the mainstream press that people hated Trump so much that they started doing things they never would have done under previous presidents and, and, and saying a lie when what you really mean is this, we don't think this, we don't think this is true. Supported by the facts. With the evidence. Yeah. Uh, because lie is, is a, like I said, it, it, it depends on intent. Yes, and but honestly, at some point all this becomes this, well, it, all, it becomes yeah, the same sorry. thing. If they, uh, if the media can't report the truth, and can't re- and can't report accurately. They don't say anything. You just look at the difference between reporting of Trump versus Biden um, on on the theft of government documents. They have a totally was, different attitude. Yeah, I was just writing about that today. Um, and By the I way, we just to, have know, we just have one minute. I'm sorry, we've yeah, kind go, of raced okay, to that's the end. No, all right. So so again, uh, I'll give you a bright spot, which is that you have competition among media outlets. You have outlets, and you also have this with the social media. You have competitors who are saying, we're going to give you a different perspective, or we're going to give you a more balanced perspective, or, you know, here's a place where you can speak more freely. We don't, our rules are not as strict, or we don't uh, do as much moderation, and that appeals to a lot of people, and they will therefore be attracted to those platforms. And the same thing goes for media outlets, that uh, people who are dissatisfied with the current offerings can create new ones, and, and to the extent that those provide something of value to people, then they will get more readers. Uh, that's the difference, right? You have among media outlets and among social media platforms, you have competition, whereas when the government sets a rule, you know, there is no competition. You just have to follow it. Jacob Solomon is senior editor at Reason Magazine. Thanks so much for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Bye. talking with you. 860-522-9842. Got some more rants to play, more people to talk to. Don't forget, last hour is order up our food and restaurant hour that we do last hour on Fridays from 5 to 6. Right now, the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center beckons Mark Christopher with the Friday afternoon commute. Mark. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by somebody who counsels police officers for a living. That is, provides them with uh, psychological support. Looking forward to that because, uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff in the news, especially after that Waterbury incident. Let's talk right now, though, to Mike in Plainville. Mike, what's going on? I'll tell you what. I enjoy listening to some of your callers. Uh, George and Dave yesterday. George brought up some really good points about the uh, energy situation. Was that the uh, the, the listing of the percentages? Yeah, yeah the listing of the p- percentages. No, I'm I mean, sorry, it, the, dollar, it, the dollar cost of each uh, source of energy. Exactly. And I wish more people would listen to your show. They, they would get a clue. I thought everybody does listen, Mike. I listen, and that's all I care about. I've well, learned a lot since watching your program or listening to your program. But I had a good laugh yesterday when I heard Joe Biden. It sounded like he was praying for rain. It sounded like Tom Hanks in the movie Joe versus the Volcano when he got up and he was dancing. I didn't see hi, that hi. one. Hey, hey, hey. It sounded like <laughs> Chief J. Biden doing a rain dance. All right. That sounds good. You know, it just brought a chuckle to my day. Well, that's what we uh, aim to do. Along with educating, we want to inspire laughter. So thank you for that, Mike. Thank you. Have a great weekend, sir. 860-522-9842. And the rant number, 860-751-4698. Let's, uh, let's get another one of these rants coming your way right now. Hi, Todd. Well, this whole Biden classified document thing, you know what? There's more to it than meets the eye. They're just trying to get everybody off guard. You know what? It really stinks. And if my lawyer did that to me, I'd have fired him. And by the way, can they, can't they be disbarred for um, divulging client information? Later. Well, no, actually, uh, lawyers are uh, agents of the court, and they are obligated to if they're if they if they encounter illicit information that is criminal acts going on, they are are uh, required to deal with that in a lawful way. 
not to, uh, not to cover up on behalf of their clients. So they were, uh, you know, he had told them to clean out the office. They're cleaning out the office. They found the documents that shouldn't have been there, and they did the right thing, which is call the, the entity in charge of those documents and get them repossessed. Doesn't mean Joe did anything wrong, but those documents belong in the National Archives. So I think they did the right thing. Don't you? What would you do if you encountered a crime? Well, okay, they're lawyers. They're supposed to defend their clients or protect the rights of their clients, but they also have to uphold the law. It's an interesting situation, isn't it? They're cleaning out his office, but then they go to his house and they find not the, um, not the lawyers, but the FBI, and they find more documents there. Well, that changes the, that changes the whole direction of things. It gets a bit fascinating now. We will um, we will get a traffic update. Then we'll talk and we'll to we'll be Dr. there tonight. Where are you going to be, Mark? I'm going to be right here. You didn't invite me anywhere. What do you mean? I'm going to be right here till six ten. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. Friday, Friday, Friday. Lots of good stuff coming your way, and. And it just keeps on coming. In a moment, we're going to talk with a doctor who counsels police officers. But let's just check in with James in Newington, see what's on his mind. Hello, James. Hey, Todd. Thank you for taking my call. Look, I'd like to provide a little elaboration and background on why these classified documents found for Joe Biden um, at the, quote, UPenn Center in Washington, D.C., are so important. And you're not going to hear this on most of the major networks, so I'll give it to you as quick as I can. Thank you. The Joe Biden Center at the U, U, at UPenn in foreign policy was established with quiet gifts from the communist Chinese government of between 25 and 30 million dollars initially. And I would like to point you to a story that CNN actually did today by accident. They actually tried to actually tried to report news to explain how all these documents could have been just put in by interns by accident. But in their description of the last week of Biden's presidency as vice president, they described that he flew to Ukraine and then had a meeting with President Xi Jinping in China in Switzerland and then flew back from that meeting to Washington, D.C. when Donald Trump was inaugurated. I guarantee you that at that meeting, they discussed how that Biden Center was going to be funded quietly by President Xi in China. And next thing you know, the UPenn Biden Center opens with a secret gift of $30 million from the Chinese, later to be increased, we think, to $100 million. But here's the even worse part. Who was ahead of that center? Anthony Blinken, the current Secretary of State, moved over from Biden's office and then became the head of the Biden Center, getting paid a million dollar salary for the next three years by effectively the communist Chinese. All right, James, that's a really good outline. Anything else we need to know quick? Yes. Um, well, you need to know that what Joe, that center, of course, had a foreign policy paper they put out about the three greatest threats to the world white supremacy, Ukraine, Russia, and something else. What was missing was that little country called China that was committing human rights. All right, James, thank you. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's good stuff, but it's long-winded. And we've got to move on to our guest. Dr. Dave Thomas is here. He's a counselor for people's heads 
police officers' heads to help them <laughs> cope with the stress they're under. Dave, well, why are you laughing? Oh, it just the, the heads. That's the, the interesting part. That's all. Yeah. Well, I don't object to the laughter. I'm just teasing. The um, Well, it's, it is a uh, – we had a situation in, in uh, the state uh, a few days ago. Well, it actually happened in December, but the, the police officer was fired in response to a, a body cam video or two that showed him screaming at a woman relentlessly for about 20 minutes while he waited for backup to come because she had supposedly almost run him over while he was directing traffic, which um, it turns out on the video what you see is that he's he's mad because she's driving by him, doesn't see his hand up, and then he, mm. he runs towards the car and slams his hand onto the car. So it's he attacks the car as opposed to the car attacking him, but he goes on relentlessly. You almost ran me over. He's screaming at her. It's yeah. amazing. And, and that just got us all focused on this burden of being a police officer and, and circumstances that might be untenable, but also individuals who might just be a bad match right. for the job. Right, right. Um. The the reality is is that it's it's twofold. One is that we're normal human beings. I was a cop for twenty years before I took this 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 side of it on. Mm-hmm. So we're normal human beings with normal problems, and then we go to work, and those problems are oftentimes exacerbated by what we run into dealing with the public. Um, and so you know we're like everybody else. You get anxiety, depression. Um, and you talk and suicide, we have probably one of the highest suicide rates for professions in the country. But uh, we're talking to Dave Thomas, who is uh, from police counseling services in in Florida. And the uh, it's true that they have a lot of stresses, but it seems to me there are personality right. types who know how to absorb stress and not personalize it. And. If somebody is allowing themselves to snap simply because a car drives by them when they're holding their hand up for them to stop, which is the kind of confusion that can happen. So so sure. on, the, on the first level, it seems to me a cop has to understand that sometimes he might be at fault in not making himself clear enough in, in what he's directing or that people just might not see him there. And also not to personalize this stuff, to remain cool and calm and, and professional while they uh, while they deal with the situation in a in a way that expedites it rather than prolongs the agony. And you know what? I would agree with you on every level of that, because as soon as an officer makes it personal, that is when they lose their temper um, and they lose control. Um, and what they a lot of times the hardest thing I had to do to train new officers when they were coming on is that it's not about them personally. It's about the job. And as soon as they separate those two, the, the more they will be in better control of themselves. Mm-hmm. So what do you um, I just found the sound cut. I want you to hear a little bit of it because it's it's impactful, I think. <laughs> Pull over! So he's chasing down the street because he's sure. doing a detail directing traffic and she goes by him. God damn it! I'm not repeating myself. 
Get out of the roadway and pull over. So what's your reaction when you hear that? <laughs> he, I'm sorry for laughing, but he doesn't need to be there. Um, and you see it happen a lot. Uh, more than than I would dare say. Body cams are great because actually the story is told through the body cam. Um, yeah, he doesn't need to be there, and he needs to have another detail. He needs to be removed from the street, and if there are some issues, then you need to relocate him until he gets better. Uh, that's about the best I can tell you. Well, what do you say to him if if a guy like that were coming in to see you and saying that, you know, it used to be I really enjoyed this job, and now it's getting to me. I've been here seven years, and I feel like I'm changed in a negative way. Well, I would, I would dare say that a lot of people that that happens to, your personality changes. But So then we have to decide, is this where you want to be? Or uh, do you need another job inside the department? Do you want to change to be a civilian? Or do you need uh, to say, I've had enough and I'm ready to go? It would determine, I, the reality is, are they fit for duty or not? If they're fit for duty, then we try to figure out a way to help them. If they're not, then it's probably time to retire them or ask them to resign. Yeah, he was, he was let go. And we don't know why, of course, uh, he could have right. had other incidents like this and they were trying to deal with him. But I'm just wondering if there's a way to if, if somebody's gotten to this point, are, are, is there a way to restructure how they respond to situations so that they don't get like this? Yeah, the reality, I think when you reach that point, they need to be pulled off the street. And I, I've done that a number of times. I've gone in and sat down with personnel or to a chief and said, look, we need to reassign the person, give them a, a change of duty, uh, and while they go through therapy until we can, you know, kind of sort through whatever the hell's bugging them and then get them, then let them go back out. But you got to pull them in order to be able to, to work out the, uh, the issues that are going on. What else can you tell us about the stresses that cop, cops face and what's unique about this period of time? Because it does strike me that post-George Floyd, there's been shifts yeah. in the political environment in the feeling of support that police officers have with regard to whether whether somebody has their backs or not or whether they're dangling yeah. out there alone well i'm gonna tell you now the sentiment is they are dangling they feel they are dangling alone and that no one supports them um i've sat and watched city commission say that uh they want to defund the police and support defunding the police um so I've even know I know of a city commissioner here that when they said we need your support, she says I support you, but I can't say it publicly because it would be political suicide. <laughs> so, well, that's so, very reassuring. Yeah, yeah. So you know the guys and gals are out there, and where prior to George Floyd, where they would do proactive policing, they're not necessarily so willing to do that because they recognize that they're not going to get the support um, if something goes wrong. On the other side to that. I'll just give you an example of, of our place, our academy. Um, we used to average 40, recruit, 40 recruits in a recruit class, every recruit class. And now they're lucky to get 10. Nobody wants to do the job anymore post-George Floyd. Yep. And so it, it's become it's, – it's a very difficult task. And, and I think, you know, the old adage of doing more with less, there's no doubt that that's what, uh, what agencies are doing now. Well, that only increases the burden on the, the, the guys who are left behind. There you go. And um, in my, my old city here in Gainesville, Florida, we, there was a time we worked with a city of 100,000. We worked uh, midnight shift, 10 guys would, would cover the whole city. Mm -hmm. Now the city's twice the size geographically, <laughs> and they're still working 10 guys on midnight on every shift.
yeah. to accommodate, you know, to respond to calls for service. And when I talk to the guys in therapy, they're saying, hey, doc, I'm, uh, when I get there, their, their calls have been waiting for five hours. Yeah, that's, that's tough stuff. We're talking oh, to yeah. Dave, Dave Thomas. He's uh, a counselor, police counseling services for police officers. What else should people know as consumers of police services about how they should deal with police and, and make, make it clear to officers they might encounter that, you know, that we support you? How do you communicate that and be helpful? I think the, the, just have a, a decent discussion with them. If, you, if you're at a restaurant, buy the guy or gal a cup of coffee, you know, um, and tell them that you, you know, just let them know that you care about them and, you know, you support them. You have no idea how far that goes. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be out with the guys and somebody will come up and they will, you know, the ladies, well, your money's no good here. And we're like, why? Well, they paid for your coffee. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That and and they'll and they'll stop by and say thank you for your service. That means a lot. That means so much because there's so much negative rhetoric that they take in on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's important for them to know that it would be possible to look at everybody coming down the street as as potential hostile, and and uh, it's important if to express the kind feelings that you have towards police officers. Right. It's great to be reminded because you, if you think about it, you have no idea what they're going to encounter. You know, what is the next traffic stop going to be? Or what is the, you go to a domestic, what are you going to encounter? Or what about the child or the rate, whatever you're going to get into. And so it's just nice to have that, you know, that reassuring that somebody cares about you. They think that you're doing a good job and, and we appreciate you. That, that just means, that means eons. It means so much. Okay. Dave Thomas, anything else you want us to know? No, sir. I think I'm good if I answered all your questions. You did quite nicely. Thank you <laughs> so much, sir. Me. And you're, you've got an easy laugh, which is a, a wonderful thing. You must have been very successful in terms of dealing with the public. I, I was. I had, I had a great career. I had a great 20 years. That's awesome. And now you've got a good business going helping them. So that's wonderful. I have, yeah, I have two businesses. I got that one, and then I'm, my other job is I'm a full-time professor. So I, do, I kind of do. I wear two hats. So oh, that's right. Here. Where do you teach? Florida Golf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. And, and you teach uh, police stuff or something else? I, I teach criminal justice and forensic psychology. Wow, you are a busy guy. Yeah, getting old, got to keep the mind going. Yes. Well, thank you, sir. It's nice to meet you. Appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to fill us in. All right. Thanks for having me. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. All righty. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Yeah, Dave bye-bye. Thomas filling us in from his perspective on how tough it is to be a police officer right now. His company is called Police Counseling Services. It, it is. It's serious stuff. We've got, um, we've got our final hour of the week coming up in the next hour, and that's our order-up hour. We focus on food and, and cooking and, and, well, mostly consuming things that we enjoy, and we'll talk about that. In just a few minutes, we'll get that started. Let me see. Can we get another? Yeah, let's get another rant or two in here if we can. Hey, Todd, when the Bidens got their kickback from the Taliban for leaving billions and billions worth of military equipment there in Afghanistan, did they get paid in cash or did Hunter just go over and get to harvest a few of their poppy fields? I, I love that one. You know, I'm watching this thing about the nurses in New York. 
they're all going on strike. And, you know, some think they're good, some ain't good. Hey, they all want to get the government to group up and do this, call it a union. So they do it. You know what the most important thing is? If you're the best out of all of them, you you end up on the high, the high side of the bell curve. Make a bell curve. And what happens <laughs> is the worst don't get anything. The middle all get a certain percentage. But as you go up and go down, you get that amount. It's all about your performance. That's the most important thing that's important because now you're paid on your performance. If you want to work hard and do your job the best, you get paid better. And if you don't, you want to sit back and relax and you're not doing your job, you shouldn't get a raise. All right, so I think uh, this is an anti-union statement, which I wholeheartedly endorse. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's get a little traffic update, and then we'll move on to order up the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. It's a Friday evening. Mark Christopher, does it look like one on the roads? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 